Hello. Greetings. I'm Grace. I'm Madeline. And we're Dragon Babies. Dragon Babies. We reread our favorite YA fantasy classics and discuss why they may be even better for adults. We do. This week, we are continuing the Chronicles of Perdane with The Castle of Lear by Lloyd Alexander. The sound of a giant cat yowling. (laughs) Oh, shoot. (laughs) I'm scared. (laughs) Um, this episode and really just any more Lloyd Alexander books was a request from many different listeners. Thank you so much for requesting that we continue the Chronicles of Perdane. If you have a request you'd like to make, you can email us at dragonbabiespodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. So before we start this episode, we just wanted to kind of touch base a little bit, um, looking back at the podcast Mm -hmm. in light of recent events and of our full support for the Black Lives Matter movement. Mm -hmm. Um, We are just acknowledging the fact that our podcast is really white. White (laughs) as heck. (laughs) Nearly every book we've covered has been by a white author, and we are also both white, Mm -hmm. as I think we've said before. Um, We've never shown pictures of ourselves. (laughs) We've probably come across I think we seem pretty white (laughs) I think it's clear um and we have you know a wrinkle in that we are covering books from a nostalgic perspective so it's things we read when we were young as opposed to new things that we're seeking out now Mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean that we don't want to be more inclusive in terms of the books that we're covering Mm -hmm. um so we're going to be doing some work and research to figure out books by awesome black and other non-white authors. Yes, yeah, basically. That we might have missed when From we were other young. cultures, yeah. Um, and we'd love also to hear any requests that any of you have, any suggestions. Um, not asking you to do the work for us, because we'll be doing it too, but would just love if you'd like to share. Yeah, in that spirit, like if you have... Um, any books that like by non-white authors that are coming from a different perspective or even like that feel like your average white fantasy only it's not a white author like please feel free to recommend um to help us uh you know do our own thing make make our uh, library more diverse like most almost all industries the publishing industry is host to a variety of systemic issues Mm -hmm. and black and brown voices are often overlooked in terms of white voices. Mm -hmm. So we definitely want to do whatever we can to bring those voices up. Yeah. So let's uh, dive on into the castle of Lear. This was published in 1966. It is the third book in the Chronicles of Prydain. We have an episode on the Black Cauldron, and I would encourage you to maybe even check that out before this. Um, we did the movie, too. We also have an episode on the cartoon. <laughs> the wild, the wild, wild Disney movie. cartoon. Yeah. Um, and in the Black Cauldron, we do go more, a little more in depth into some of the Welsh mythology that mm-hmm. was um, Alexander's inspiration, a little bit more about his life. Um, and I think we'll touch on some of that today, but this book is a bit more of a kind of middle of a quintet, um, you know, action fun time book whereas black cauldron i think has a bit more of like the underpinnings and characterization that carry on throughout the chronicles of Prydain. it's definitely much more serious as well 
Mm-hmm. Like there are dark moments in this one, definitely, um, as in all of these books. But Black Cauldron is just so much darker. Yeah, I would say this is the most positive book in the series because the central theme is about just growing up and being an independent person Mm -hmm. which we will discuss in detail but Mm -hmm. i just wanted to preface with all that yeah we do thoroughly spoil every book that we cover so if you haven't read the castle of lear before or haven't checked it out in a while just hurry off and pick it up it's like a four and a half hour audiobook so it's on audible it's on scribdy um i (laughs) Still don't, I still that? don't know how to pronounce <laughs> yes. it. Um, I'm sure that your library has an ebook available. The Seattle Public Library did. So yeah. we're, we're still trying to cover pretty easy to find books since most libraries are still closed mm-hmm. due to COVID. Um, so yeah, mm-hmm. go check it out. Check it out. Let's start things off by discussing how the publisher chose to package and promote this book. I no longer have my childhood copy, but I know the edition very well. I know the art well. Um, so, Madeline, would you like to uh, talk us through it? Um, so we've we've literally got the cat on both of them, Leanne, Leanne. Um, and I I love this cover. It's it reminds me a little bit of. Um, Oh, this art style that I think Core Block is the name of the artist. Yes, they did. it is a so, little yeah. Core Blocky. <laughs> yeah, Core Block has amazing illustrations for a lot of Tolkien's. Work. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, it's it looks like the cover oils? artist. The cover artist name it's pastel. pastel. The cover artist name is Evelyn Ness. Evelyn Ness. Um, and we've got. Uh, our crow friend perched on Leanne here as well. What's the crow's name? Call. Call. <laughs> um, it's an easy one. And uh, uh, Leanne has uh, the harp. She's perched on it and she has, I, I don't know, these like huge swirling whiskers or, or what's happening there. The whiskers are very cool. Yeah. Like those are awesome. Those are super fun. It's a general indication that this is a magical right. cat. Yeah. And then we've got kind of this, this castle-y, uh, um ominous looking complex in the background. Probably Caracolor. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm a big fan of this cover. It's super fun. It just feels uh, whimsical, but also classic. And The colors are very dynamic and inviting. Yeah. That's something that I always yeah. liked about this cover art. Um, I had a mixture of editions of the Chronicles of Prydain. Yeah. Um, so happens. if you look at our Black Cauldron uh episode and follow the link to the website you can see our cover for that one um which is a realistic yet lisa (laughs) frank-esque painting of the three witches yeah (laughs) oh yeah very different it's wild but yeah love seeing the different ways in which a single series is interpreted yeah and like there's this giant orange cat and then a crow perched on it like to to young madeline this is very inviting i like both of those things very much overall the color scheme just speaks to me i love the electric pink tower in the background and the orange yes it actually reminds me a little bit (laughs) wind waker um the zelda game totally yeah yeah Yeah, no definitely and your audible cover my audible cover shows i maybe it's supposed to be taryn 
I think it's Taryn fighting Leanne. Well, but okay, so she has her paw on a sword on the ground. It's much more realistic. Like it, the the cat Leanne looks like Grace's cat, animal only orange and much bigger than animal is. Uh, just like meow, just, no, my my cat is nine feet tall. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think we've mentioned that before, but it's the case. <laughs> and Leanne has her paw on the sword and Taryn is like gingerly kind of reaching out to be like, yeah, it's okay, kitty, kitty. But she looks pissed. Like she's yelling at him. I can hear this cover. That's why I like it so much because I can just hear her going, Meow. if you've never had a cat in your life, you know that sound <laughs> and you hate it. Yeah. Yeah. Something bad is about to happen if you're hearing that. Um, and she's just this giant orange puffball. Uh, and you can kind of see the cobblestone. They're supposed to be in the shack where she is. Um, Leanne's shack. Yeah. <laughs> and I also think this one's very inviting too. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just like, what is happening here? The fact of her size combined with the fact that she's obviously a house cat, like not a big cat, uh, is just so great. Like, I really enjoy this cover as well. I do too. Yeah. And Taryn's, uh, yeah, got- she could have been made much more li- leonine. I never know Le- how to pronounce that leonine. word. Leonine. Yeah, good. Right, right. They could have made her look more like an actual big cat. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Taryn is uh, in some Link cosplay as well. He's got his green belted tunic yeah. and his big um, oversized leather boots. Uh, yeah. Thank you, Madeline. Mm-hmm. Wonderful description. We'll put both of those up on our website, dragonbabiespodcast.com for your enjoyment. Dot com. Okay, plot summary. This book follows the events of the Black Cauldron, and it begins about a year and a half after the Black Cauldron has been destroyed. Um, so Ilanwi and Taryn are getting a little bit older, a little bit more angsty. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it has been decided by Dalbin, the great wizard enchanter, um, who can see things but doesn't like telling those things to people, a la Gandalf, yeah. um, that it's time for Ilanwi to go and stay with a different royal family so that she can learn a little bit more about how to be a princess. I, I love how at one point the, the guy who is... Um, Disguised as a shoemaker, just says Gwydion. like, "Yeah, Gwydion is like Dalbin's ways are mysterious." And he's just like, "Okay, like, yeah, cool, thank you." <laughs> like, if there's one thing I've learned about wizards from fantasy, it's that they're annoying. <laughs> they like to know everything and then keep their cards close. They're not going to tell you. And yeah. I understand the purpose of that being that, well, I mean, from a narrative perspective, it's right. always interesting to have like the all-knowing figure who just can't burden you with it. But there's also the piece that they don't know exactly what's going to come to pass. Mm-hmm. They don't know yet what of their visions is accurate. Right. And it's just... Or like, which one is like a parallel universe that could happen if something right. else precedes it. So that's why they don't go around blabbing because then people would totally misunderstand them and everything would just fall apart. But it, it reminds me a little bit of how in any modern setting horror movie, first mm. they have to get rid of the cell phones. Yeah. Like sure. <laughs> something has to happen to get rid of those like magic little computers in everyone's pockets. <laughs> yeah. And I do think it's interesting that Dalbin isn't in the first three books really much at all. No. Um, He's just sort of a catalyst. (laughs) 
Yeah. And here I do wonder how much of Ailanwi being sent away is with the intent of her getting captured so that they can take care of Akron. Yeah. Anyway, getting ahead of myself. So Dalbin has decided that Island Wheat needs to go stay with this royal family and learn to be a princess. It's going to be hard for me to not sing to be a princess from the Barbie <laughs> princess of the popper <laughs> movie, which is an amazing movie. Uh. Island Wee leaves and is accompanied by a Terran and Gurgi, our favorite man bear, <laughs> whatever he is. Man schnauzer. <laughs> man schnauzer. <laughs> with his wallet. With his wallet filled with everlasting food. Yeah. Um, and they meet the prince of the kingdom they're headed to, who is meant to escort them. Prince Rune, who is quite possibly my favorite buffoon in fantasy. Oh my gosh, he's fantastic. Yeah. He is both so irritating and also so endearing. Yes. He really strikes a balance that I think is rarely achieved. Yes. Like by in- a goof goofball like bumbling fantasy character. Right. Like so many times in fantasy, the uh, comic relief ends up just grating and annoying. And like he does a very good job of actually striking the right chord. Yeah. Um, And Rune, it's, it becomes clear immediately is, isn't really good for much of anything. Um, So Taryn's kind of worried (laughs) about all of them making it in one piece. Mm -hmm. They arrive at the, uh, is it? It's an island. Yeah. They arrive at the Isle of Mona, which is where Ailanwe is going to be spending some time. Um, Taryn's <laughs> already having some feelings about how, oh, he's a prince. I'm just an assistant pig keeper. Sidebar. I'm not important. Rune is better than me, but he's also the worst. So, sidebar, I kept thinking about this. Taryn doesn't really do very much assistant pig keeping these days. Yes, you, you, that's it the seems joke. like... Someone else could like just give him a nicer title so yeah. that he doesn't have to like you know introduce himself to everyone as like I'm the pig man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about this in detail. Enchanter but in training, knight in training, like something. At this point, Taryn's title is not apt in any way. No, it's and just mean. <laughs> that's there's a investigation into noble birth and identity throughout this sure. book. That's what it's primarily concerned with, I would say. And I I get that. And like that is a very like that's an important theme to like all of these books. Mm-hmm. So like I understand that. It just is kind of funny. <laughs> For sure. Um and okay, yeah. Well let's talk more about that later. Okay, um, sorry. At the castle they run into some old pals from the Black Cauldron. The pals materialize. So first Taryn meets Fluter Flam, who is the bard who cannot tell a lie for his harp tells on him. He's not. And he's not actually a bard and he's actually a prince. It's like those chefs on Chopped that are like, I didn't go to culinary school. Like I started out as a dishwasher. (laughs) Yep, and he's just been hanging out. He's already been grievously offended by the head steward, Mag. Who, who sucks? Like, you find out he's the villain pretty quickly, but, like, he's the a jerk. we met him, I could tell that he was Yeah, because evil. he's just, like... He's, like, rich, me, richly ornamented, me. was hiding at the queen's elbow, and I was just like, no. No, 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 no. no. Gross. <laughs> um, so Fluter's there, and then 
Taryn goes to get new shoes because he's a mess and partly because Rune cut his clothing with a sword by mistake. Um, and while he's talking to the shoemaker, the shoemaker who's like a hilariously exaggerated, right. filthy yeah. older man turns and is like, Taryn, big wanderer. And he's like, uh, Prince Gwydion? <laughs> Hello. Nice Did you to say see you. Pig wanderer? Is that what he calls him? <laughs> That's even worse than assistant pig keeper. <laughs> no, that's apparently my title for Darren. He's I'm more thinking. of a pig wanderer than a pig keeper. He doesn't spend very much time keeping the pig. I'm thinking of the next book in the series, which is called Terran Wanderer, but I, I like Terran pig, pig wanderer. wanderer. Um, and Gwydion tells him that Ilanwi is in serious danger. And that he believes that the sorceress, Akron, is involved. Um, she is the one who brought Aron, the antagonist of the previous book, to power. And then she kind of faded away. Um, but he believes that she's trying to get Ilanwi back within her clutches. Mm-hmm. She had kidnapped Island Wee and raised her for a while when she was a kid. And we're not, you know, at the time, we're not completely sure why, but it becomes clear that she is trying to take Island Wee's powers and also the magical items that are her birthright um, because she believes that they'll allow her. Um, Akron, <laughs> I keep forgetting her name for some reason. It's a funny name. To be able to rise back to power. I've been to Akron, Ohio. Yeah, different Akron, <laughs> I think. <laughs> yes. Um, so Gwydion is like, you have to be really careful. You can't let Ilanwi get captured. Keep an eye on her. And Taryn offends Ilanwi because she's like, let's go on adventures. We're on this new island. It could be so fun. And he's like, no, you must not leave. You must not do anything. And she's like... Great. Okay. (laughs) I don't want to hang out with you anymore. Yeah. And then she is shortly kidnapped. (laughs) So didn't work anyway. Um, They uh, realize that Mag is definitely the one who did it. He also disappears at the same time. And they saw him doing some shady stuff. Yeah. This book does not mince around with the action. Like the action happens quickly. Yeah, there's, you know, a lot to get done. So it proceeds at a, a clip, a welcome pace. I like it. Um, it reminded me of the pacing of uh, Wolf Tower a little bit. Mm, because it's just um, like, bam, bam, like, journey, bam. Journey, journey, yeah. journey, journey. Event. Development. Kidnapping. Development. <laughs> yeah. um, anyway, a group leaves to try to rescue Ilanwi. They believe that she has been taken to Care Kalor. Um, so they're heading in that direction, trying to overtake Mag. Um, and adventures ensue. <laughs> I don't know if I'm really going to talk through all of this. Yeah, no. But the main event is that Rune, who's always getting lost and then finding the group again, or they're, they're finding him, stumbles upon an abandoned hut where he finds a mysterious book that doesn't have anything written on its pages, but seems important. Doesn't just seem like a diary that nobody ever got around to using. Right. So they take the book and they are attacked or so they think by a giant cat. Um, She's on the cover of every version. And, you know, thinking about it, it is accurate that she does look like a house cat because Mm -hmm. she was made bigger. It's not that she is some type of big cat. Because they call her a mountain cat, but mountain cats can actually be, like, that could mean anything from mountain lion to just wild 
cat, like a one cat of those, living in the mountains. Well, one of those like fishing cats, which yeah. is I think probably what she's supposed to be more like, which yeah. are like roughly house cat sized. I think. Yeah, I they're agree. just like poof. I agree. <laughs> um, but Fluter plays his harp, and that soothes her. Mm-hmm. And um, they eventually. And he's like, I think that's the first time anyone's ever like sought out my music. Yes. <laughs> Fluter develops a special relationship with Leanne because she loves his music. Yeah, she loves um, his art. Yeah, Fluter says he'll stay and just play, you know, until the cat overtakes him so that everyone else can escape. But mm-hmm. they're like, no, and they ultimately do get away. Yeah. Um, and they're, they make a raft. They're cruising down the river. Leanne shows up again and attacks them. Yeah. Um, she's just like following them the entire <laughs> giant book. cat. <laughs> yeah. Really funny. Yeah. Um, they end up falling through a pit. Rune falls through a pit and then the others go after to try to get him out. And they end up buried underground in a series of significant and beautiful caverns. Yeah. And there they meet a Gollum-esque figure. A Gollum-esque bummer. Yeah. <laughs> um, he, his name is Glue and he is the one who made Leanne huge. Um, and he's stuck in the cavern because he made himself huge and he's been trying to make potions to get smaller again. Why did he make himself big? Like a, for science? So that he could deal with Leanne. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. It's a real chicken or egg situation. You gotta have a, a goal. Like originally when you start messing around with stuff. <laughs> Yeah, it, I definitely um, appreciated the like Alice in Wonderland underpinnings. We just yes. covered Alice's Adventures in Wonderland a few episodes ago um, of like, okay, I made myself big to solve a problem, but now I have to make myself small to solve a problem. But now I have to make myself big to solve a problem. And now I'm too big and now everyone else is too big. It's just... Why did I make the cat big in the first place? <laughs> really, really good question. Just because you can doesn't mean you should, guys. That's right. So Glue has a penchant for disturbing potions and he believes that his make himself small again potion will only be complete with um, something from a body. Right. He doesn't really specify, but he says he he has to kill one of them. Yeah. Um, And (laughs) goes about it in this amazing way where he makes them feel bad about the fact that they don't want him to kill one of them. The most, like, he's really good at gaslighting. He is a victim. (laughs) Yeah. Through and through, even when he is attempting murder. Well, even when everything is his fault. Yeah. So... They attempt to get away and they're struggling. And then ultimately Rune shows up with Ilanwi's bobble, which was dropped earlier, and blinds glue and helps them all get away. Um, Taryn's pet crow, Ka, has been there too. And he's been helpful along the way with finding the bobble, Ka figuring out where Ilanwi is. Just Ka hanging just out. flies overhead and then comes back and is like, okay, are you ready to continue <laughs> You're yeah. ready to do something correctly. Another another Gandalf char- type character where they yep. just kind of come back and they're like, okay, let's do the thing. For sure. <laughs> um, another unimportant thing that happens in the cave is that Rune actually volunteers his life. Yeah. He says that he will allow Glue to kill him yeah. so that the others can uh, escape. And Taryn's like, I can't do that because I made a promise to your dad that I would keep you alive. 
<laughs> but everyone's opinions of Rune change pretty oh, significantly. Totally, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, and they see him. He's, he becomes quite vulnerable. Who he truly is. Yeah, yeah, he just like openly admits. He's like, I'm not good at anything. Like, I didn't ask to be the next king. <laughs> yeah, another piece of the question of like, does your given identity matter or is it something that you shape yourself? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then they meet Gwydion and... At this point, they've realized that the book that they have is actually contains legible writing. They're not sure what language it is, so they can't make it out. But it shows up in the light of the bauble. Yeah, and Gwydion's just kind of like out there, like he appears, right? Yeah, he's been um, looking for them. uh, But he is also very nervous about the items that they have. And he's like, I think Ilanwi is actually in greater danger than I realized. Has a, yeah, a one ring sort of feel where it's like, maybe we shouldn't have this book. Mm. (laughs) Like, maybe no one should have this book. Cast it into the fire. Exactly. Um, So with Gwydion, who has a boat... They head to Caracalor and break in. So Ka tells them, I know that Ilanwe's here. Um, she's up in this tower and Taryn climbs up to get her. Is that what Ka says? <laughs> she's up here, you guys. Come on. Ka speaks in like single word sentences. <laughs> Don't diminish me. I'm important. <laughs> So Taryn climbs up to find her and discovers that Ilanwi has lost her memory of all of them Mm. and believes she knows who she is or who she has been told that she is, that she is this great princess and she can't let anyone stand in her way of achieving her powers. Um, And her eyes are kind of dead and (laughs) she won't go with Taryn. And when he tries to... When he tries to kidnap her <laughs> and take her down to their group, she runs for Akron and the whole castle summoned and everyone, you know, comes to have a batty conversation, some monologuing <laughs> in the, the main chamber. Yeah. And Akron tells them that her life is changed to Ilanwe's. Mm-hmm. So if they kill Akron, Ilanwe will die. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's fighting, tussling. <laughs> And then the... Is Leanne there too? No. No. She doesn't show up? Not yet. Later. She does though, right? Yeah, to save them from the flood. Right. Okay. So then the book and bauble are produced because Rune gives away that they have them. Um, And they're handed over to Ilanwi and then her true self fights over the enchantment within her and manages to set the book on fire and destroy it. Yay. Mag, who is pissed as all get out, opens the floodgates and destroys the island with the crush of the sea. Yeah, Mag really, uh, <laughs> he just napalms it. He goes scorched he gets, earth. He gets away. Yeah. He leaves in a boat with the other like hired hands that were working for Akron. Yeah. Um, Definitely not a traditional villain's end. Like nope. He just is kind of like, he, I'm getting away. Yeah, he heads <laughs> out and then... Everyone else is battered about by the waves, but they all manage to make it to shore because Leanne has shown up and has helped drag them to safety. Yes. Um, And they kind of regain their wits and Akron tries to kill herself, but then sort of submits. 
Akron's going to go back with them and she seems to, her will seems to be broken. Um, but yeah, other than that, there's no like punishment for her. <laughs> and um, Ailanwi yeah. is okay. She wakes up, she remembers everyone. And she's like, I'm not marrying Prince Rune, which <laughs> is like the arranged marriage that had, you know, been kind of put in place for her later in life. Not yeah. yet, but um, and like, I'll go back to the to Mona for a while. I'll very quickly learn whatever princessy things they want me to learn. And then I'm coming home. Yeah. Which I love Yeah, that she is. She, Ilanri like gets to do her own thing ultimately, despite yeah. like people around her hand wringing about like, oh well, you this is what you have to do. She's just like, nope, I'm gonna do the thing that I want to do, which I really love. Yeah, she takes her agency. Yeah, um, and yeah, they they head head off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's what happens in this book. Let's begin with all the new impressions. I haven't read this book. <laughs> Well, I mean, I, <laughs> I read it for the episode, hadn't read it before, definitely not. Um, I The one that I know I read when I was younger was The Black Cauldron, uh, and possibly because that book is so dark, I didn't read uh, other ones, um, but I, I don't know. I might actually like this one better than The Black Cauldron because it's... Oh, interesting. Um, I mean, it's a really different book, so that might not even be a fair thing to say. It it was just, it was pretty light. I I had a good time. Like, there's a giant cat and Gurgi and Fluter and like just getting up to hijinks. I loved yeah. Prince Rune. So Rune, <clears throat> Rune, um, I loved Prince Rune so much. Like it. I, I just really enjoyed it. It reminded me, uh, that's why I said it, it reminded me of The Hobbit um, in uh, a very like, woohoo way, you know. It reminded me of The Hobbit video game for PS2. <laughs> Our references are really all over the map. <laughs> all over the map this episode. Which is a really good game, FYI. If you want to, I think it's the best Hobbit game. Wanna dig out your PS2. That exists. Find an old Hobbit game that no one played. <laughs> I played it until I got stuck at the end because I couldn't figure out how to move a boulder. (laughs) Never beat it. You might not be surprised that our experiences with video games before (laughs) the internet were fraught with these kinds of issues. Brutal. Like, I don't know which button I need to press to engage this puzzle. (laughs) And part of the problem was that some of the games we played were like CD-ROMs that came in the Cheerios box. And those games weren't... Great. They were a little buggy. A little bit buggy. Weren't great. Almost like they were just beta tests or like unfinished games. <laughs> That's probably what they literally were. Yeah, they were probably they like struck some kind of deal with right. um, General Mills. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Make some money off of them. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I got that vibe. Okay, but this book is not like that. This book is uh, well-crafted, and uh, it was, like, I really liked the chance to hang out with some of my favorite characters. It was a bummer that Ilanwi wasn't there more. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. That's the problem with the book. Yes, definitely. Um, But Leanne was there, so. (laughs) Yeah, I think that Lloyd Alexander used 
used the first two books to develop a lot of rich characterization for each of these figures. And Mm -hmm. then in this book, that just gets to be kind of played with. Yes. They're really just put into different random adventure situations, and we get to see how each of those characters reacts. And Rune is a great new addition. Yeah. Because, I mean, just in his, you know, somewhat brief appearance in this book, he's, you know, never been in the series before. Mm -hmm. We love him. Yeah. We grow to love him. He's so much better of a prince than um, Eladir. Oh, Eladir, yeah. Yeah. Um, Who who also does sacrifice himself, so. He does, but he just bums me out so much. Like, he goes straight from just despicableness into, I'm sacrificing myself for the team, and it's like, okay, you're redeemed, but, like, God, you're still a bummer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I, I feel similarly, I think... It is interesting to get to this book when you're reading the Chronicles of Prydain and be like, "Oh, a side adventure." Yeah, it's a bit of a yeah. beat. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. Well, and and that's not totally fair because Akron is an important figure who has been in the series previously, and she yeah. is the primary antagonist of the first book. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's such a different figure here, yeah. and she's really like grasping at her final straw. Yeah. It's so interesting. It's so funny um, when you're used to conventional fantasy where it's like, okay, we got to the grand evil castle Mm -hmm. and it's terrifying, but it's like rotting and crumbling away. And there isn't a significant force of evil creatures guarding it. There's like a few dudes that she hired from Mm -hmm. a local town (laughs) um, who are asleep. And Mag. (laughs) And Mag. And like most of the guards are asleep when they show up. Yeah. Um, and are pretty much completely useless. Mm-hmm. And it's like the last vestiges of this once great evil figure totally. um, are on display. And she's so desperate. Mm-hmm. Like she doesn't even try to do anything herself. She has Ilanwi, right? Yeah. Hurt Gurgi. Yeah. Um, when she's having her do, you know, Emperor Palpatine type yeah. pain <laughs> to Gurgi. Yeah. Um, Poor Gurgi. And hands the magical artifacts immediately over to Ilanwi. Um, there's no, yeah, personal action right. <laughs> completed it's, on her it's part. It's clear she's very weak. Yeah. And in the end, completely vanquished it's not at all yeah can't even take her own life at the end Mm -hmm. it's not at all like black cauldron where they're up against this like really scary yeah not only iran but all of the cauldron born Mm -hmm. yeah there's a an entire terrifying zombie slave army right um i thought you were gonna say cauldron boys which (laughs) i like is a great name for a band (laughs) cauldron boys um (laughs) Yeah, so that piece of it I like a lot, but I totally agree with you. The book is set up in a way that you think you're going to get so much island way. Mm, I keep yeah. changing the way I'm pronouncing her name. <laughs> it's a uh, hard it's, name. It's Welsh. Um, <laughs> it's tough. And I, especially when Young was so pumped for that because I thought it was going to be like... Um, island centric well, kind of like a Tamara Pierce like book. Like a Tamara Pierce book. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's what I was going to say. I thought it was going to be like a Tamara Pierce book, like her adventures at court and right. like dealing with the, you know, good and evil secret agendas. Making friends with some animals along the way. Making friends with animals. Which and, does happen. Yeah. Um, just kind of encountering her own adult self for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, but then she's kidnapped for most of the yeah. book. Um, and 
then she doesn't know who she is for a lot of the book when she is in it. Um, And that's disappointing. I think, and it's a testament to her character and to Lloyd Alexander who wrote her in the first place, how much she just like leaps off the page when she is being herself. Like she's amazing. And I love spending time with her. There's definitely like a vacuum when she's not there. Yeah. That when she isn't, it's, it's the absence is really, really noticeable. Mm -hmm. Um, and when she, when she is there, she is electric. Like I I just love her so much. And the, her commentary on every other single character is just so good. Like Mm -hmm. she calls them out in loving ways. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I really appreciate that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that, I uh, have an ache in me for more Island Wee, yeah. but I also really love that she, like we were talking about, gets to set her own terms. Yeah. Like, she finds about, out about the arranged marriage, and she's like, I'm not doing that. Yeah, like, she finds uh, out about no. how long she's supposed to be at the Isle of Mona, and she's like, I'm not doing that. Yeah. Um, I love the scene when Taryn first comes upon her at the Mona castle and mm-hmm. she's talking to the other noble ladies and telling them about their bloody adventures. Yeah, like she's having a Black great Cauldron. time, um, like shocking them. Yeah. Painting this incredible picture and the women are all clutching their pearls. Yeah. Like, Oh my. Yeah. It's, it's great. <laughs> she's just, she's just such a good character. And she's like enjoying it. Like a mm-hmm. lot of times and like, you know, it makes sense. It's, it's no, uh, lesser thing upon them but a lot of times in these like new court fantasy drama like the um the new woman is like ostracized and struggling and like having a hard time but Ilan is just like like yeah I don't fit in that's that's great <laughs> yeah totally and when she does say okay I'll go back to Mona for a while she says I'm just gonna learn everything as fast as possible so that I can yeah. leave she mm-hmm. sees it as yeah not it's something she's stone. being forced to do but like a task she's chosen to complete yeah um And I think the interesting piece of this book, and I'm not sure how I feel about this internally, and I'm curious to hear how you do, but Mm. Island We has this, you know, heritage as an enchantress. She has these possible great powers Mm -hmm. and these magical items that have been handed down to her um, that are incredibly powerful. Mm -hmm. And what she does is choose to give up those powers. Like Mm -hmm. she destroys her own spell book Mm -hmm. um, instead of allowing them to come into fruition. Mm -hmm. And she does that to save herself and her loved ones. Mm -hmm. But I wonder about that moment of sacrifice and how that in some ways for me feels meaningful because she is continuing to choose to be who she wants to be exactly to embrace her Mm -hmm. own identity and define her own identity because even though powerful sorceress sounds great that's not necessarily what island we wants like she hasn't shown before that she is intent on learning about that she's shown she wants to adventure yeah and it does seem like in this world as in all worlds um a large amounts of power tend to corrupt mm-hmm. uh so it also makes sense from that angle it's kind of how i was looking at yeah. it she was like the these things shouldn't exist like they don't people don't use them for good things so i'm just like Meh. yeah that's that's how i kind of saw it in addition to her like being able to choose her own path right yeah yeah mm-hmm. that's that's I guess where where I'm landing on it, I would rather have her say, 
this is what I want to do and I'm not going to continue down that planned path for yeah. me. Mm-hmm. Um, then have her be able to come a, become a great enchantress. Yeah. Um, also, the only other enchantress we have, for example, in the books is Akron. So we don't really know right. what that job looks like. Yeah. You know? Well, what's his face is one too, right? Dalbin. Dalbin. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't do anything. He's just a hermit. He chills in his little house. Right. So it kind of seems like you have to, pig. Yes. So it kind of seems like you have to either like sequester yourself and like spend all of your energy focusing on how not to misuse your powers. Mm-hmm. Or you just become evil. Yeah, and that's... So that inherent question of what is a hero and how do you... How do you become someone great and what does greatness mean mm-hmm. is so important to these books. Yeah. Because I, I'm thinking of Adeon. I think I'm pronouncing his name correctly. The character from The Black Cauldron. Did we decide it was Adoan? I don't know. Okay. Um, <laughs> The character from the Black Cauldron, yes. who is a great warrior, but in his discussions with Taryn, as Taryn is saying, like, I want to earn my nobility, essentially, because he is so fixated on his lowly birth. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I want to fight in wars and do great deeds. And Adeon, whatever, <laughs> keeps saying to him the greatest honor and pleasure is in living your life on your farm with your family. Right. Like Mm -hmm. I, I would give anything to be with my beloved right now. And Mm -hmm. he tragically dies during the book. He doesn't get to make it back to her. Yeah. Um, and that question is examined again and again throughout the series. Um, I think it's such a, the whole series is such a meditation on the foolishness and terror of war. Yeah. And a lot of the types of fantasy battles and skirmishes that are like lauded throughout other series mm-hmm. um, and just calling out how wasteful and horrific they yeah. are. Um, and this book Notably, it does not have a giant battle, but the interesting thing is that no one dies. Huh, Mag escapes. Akron doesn't goes yeah. back with them. Yeah. <laughs> like the enchantress that they were going there to free Island Wee from is like journeying home with them. Yeah, um, yeah, that's a good point. That's very different. They even go back to help Glue out of the cavern. <laughs> right, like there are no heroic deaths. There's no any deaths. Like they they manage to save everyone. Yeah, and that's why it feels... Which is also definitely like a commentary. Right, exactly. Yeah, Yeah, that's why it feels like this cool take on a gentler adventure story. Yeah, um, we're playing on peace mode. Exactly, (sighs) and people are concerned with their own internal struggles and identities Uh truly more than... Or I'm sorry, I should say Lloyd Alexander is concerned with the character's internal identity struggles more than he is with, you know, creating a grand plot or some kind of, yeah, significant change in Prudane. Yeah, yeah. And that's really cool. Yeah. And while, yeah, I think it does have some of the classic, like, central book in a quintet... Uh, characters or characteristics. Sure. Um, 
It's super fun to read. I very much enjoyed it. Yeah. We highly recommend the Audible audiobook. It's um, so fun. I'm just going to check really quickly who the narrator is. The the Gurgi voice is amazing. Um, the Prince Rune voice is amazing. The Ilanwi uh, like Welsh accent and affect is very impressive. It's narrated by James Langton. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, yeah, but especially Prince Rune because he goes missing so often and then pops back up every time he shows up. It's mm. just this sudden change to hello, yeah. hello. <laughs> it's really, really great. And his Gurgi interpretation we were discussing before it's recording. It's super fun. Um, very different from other yeah. Gurgis. <laughs> Usually people do more of a golem thing where they like raise their voice and talking like this. But he actually went deeper with it and made him sound more human, but also still like, I don't know, very gurgy. The closest I can get is it's it's kind of Muppety, the gurgy, mm. but like a large Muppet. Totally. <laughs> I'm thinking of um it's a little Oscar-y. Um, but then no, not Snuffleupagus. I'll have to think about this. Okay. Um, but it's it's a great, great Gurgi. Which, yeah. which Muppet do you think Gurgi is most like, listener? We like asking the really specific questions. <laughs> um, and I also listened to a good portion of it while playing Breath of the Wild yesterday. Me and too. <laughs> that pairing, I could not more highly yeah, recommend. It was a very good pairing. You like, feel like you works. are playing... A Castle of Lear video game yes. <laughs> at points. It's, yes. it's magnificent. Um, yeah. So I think I think this, like a few of the other books we've covered lately, I would say like Alice's Adventures in Wonderland and like um, Forgotten Beasts of Eld yes. is a really good quarantine read, something yeah. that is a bit of escapism. I And one of the reasons we delayed putting this episode out is because I don't think escapism is something we should be doing too much of right now because we really need to be present and aware of what's happening mm-hmm. in uh, in our country as Americans and in other countries as in well. I know we have a lot of um, non-American listeners, um, but you also do need moments where you can kind of heal and calm yourself yeah. before you can go back to the fight and be more effective. Yes. So I do think this book is, is a great, um, great opportunity to do so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Animals just like animals. Animals, animals in this book. book. <laughs> we talked about Leanne. But and I want to talk more about Leanne. Let's, let's return to Leanne. So first thing I love about Leanne, her name is Leanne. Leanne! <laughs> When you're reading the book, so the the Welsh names are not necessarily pronounced the way that you think you are yeah. if you're an American like me. Yeah. Um, so Leanne is spelled L-L-Y-A-N. So it doesn't look like it's necessarily <laughs> going to be this, <laughs> this name that sounds like your great aunt that yeah. you go and have cookies with. Um, but I, I just, I love that that is her name. Yeah. Uh, number two, I love that she's just a way larger than usual probably domestic-ish cat. Right, like she's just a giant cat. And she's out in the mountains trying to find friends, find entertainment. I think it's very telling that she basically falls in love with Fluter. Because because, she's lonely. And they have, they each give each other something that the other was missing. Leanne wants someone to be paying attention to her and giving her beautiful, or beautiful, (laughs) giving her some music to listen to. (laughs) And Fluter wants a fan. 
Yeah. He just wants to be appreciated. No one likes his music for the most part. There's even a kind of quick line at the beginning of the book when he's playing for the court after he convinces Mag that he is something of a part. Yeah. <laughs> when Taryn says that he wasn't listening that well because he's nervous about what Gwydion just told him, but it sounded like Flam's best <laughs> song yet. Yeah. Um, I also, uh, God, I love the repetition throughout the book of Fluter saying, you know, a Flam is cunning, yes. but yes. a Flam is smart, but <laughs> uh, yeah. I want to, I want to meet some more Flams. Yeah. They're great, it's great stuff. Um, and I guess my number three for Leanne would be just the moment that Taryn wakes up, having been, you know, washed ashore slash half carried by her. And she's just staring over him, her face almost touching his with her paw on his chest. Yes, which is like exactly what house cats do. Only they're a lot smaller, so it's less terrifying. Yeah, and they get worried if you're just, you know, lying on the ground. Yeah, all of a sudden. yeah. One time I... um I stood up too fast and I have a little bit of a, a low blood pressure and hypoglycemia issue. And then I went to the kitchen and I fainted. Like I fell all the way down and I woke up like a couple seconds later. I wasn't out very long. And both of my cats like had their heads in my face just being like, what are you doing? Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> yeah, they did not like that. Yeah. And as we mentioned, Leanne follows them throughout almost the whole book. Yeah. <laughs> Just trying to figure out what's going on mm-hmm. and she's way less aggressive than they think that she is yeah um yeah, i don't think being a cat i don't think glue appreciated her and i'm glad that she got away from him she has a new family yeah, yeah. I, I wonder how they got glue out of that cavern <laughs> it's a question for another day yeah i probably tried to kill them again Ka is also a wonderful wise you know Humanist, humanist, humanoid crow in a lot of ways. You can, you can communicate with people. Humanist. humanist. <laughs> Maybe he is. We don't know. Claw yeah, has not be. spoken at length about his personal philosophies. Yeah. Um, but Madeline has a special love of crows. Yeah. Um, yeah. Crows are great. So I'm sure he was extra warm and fuzzy for you. Yeah. I appreciated him. Um, I think that's all the animals. Yeah, because the the horse whose name is oh, I can never remember the awesome horse Melonloss Black Cauldron Melon Melon Cam. We we have a love for fully realized horse characters. Yeah. Um, check out our Robin McKinley episodes. If yes, you haven't on Hero and the Crown and the Blue Sword. Um, and the Black Cauldron has a really wonderful horse. Um. Um, yeah, there are some great horses in the other books, but yeah. not in this one. This one is not a horse. They book. lose their horses. Yeah, their me. horses just kind of wander off and they're like, well, no more horses. <laughs> I do love the brief discussion of like, we we can't do this on foot. Right. We just yeah. can't. This is not possible. Um, for pretend food, I don't think there's any food. Even like there's a note. I was thinking about this where it says Gurgi went to go look his in wallet. his wallet for food, but they don't. He doesn't actually, like, bring anything out. There's no discussion of eating. There's... Lotions and potions. Lotions and potions. (laughs) (laughs) The Gurgiisms started strong and just stayed at a magnificent level the entire book. I texted Madeline, all caps, boatings and floatings. Boatings and floatings is his first one, and it was so good. 
<laughs> just yeah, starting starting at a hundred miles an hour. And yeah, down. and we talked about we didn't say this in the podcast, but we talked about this like how amazing it is when the queen like it says that she draws back from Gurgi as if she's just like oh, and then she embraces him anyways when she meets him. Oh yeah, and there's you know we say this book is lighter, but there is a scene of Gurgi being tortured. Yes, so. That's not fun. I did not enjoy that. No, Gurky torture is always bad. It's very, very bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I guess nothing to discuss her pretend food, which is too bad. Which is um, funny. But I yeah. think the action just proceeds at such a fast clip yeah. that there isn't really time for the usual, like, they camped here, they right. this, yeah. then they had this feast at the castle. And Taryn also is our only point of view, and he, through a lot of the book, isn't paying attention super well. Right. Um, because he's being uh, moody about Ilanwi yeah. <laughs> and about his growing love for her that he does not voice in any way throughout the book. Do, um, they, do they end up together, like, when they're adults? Is that a thing that Let's happens? not talk about that, because I'd like to continue okay. the chronicles um at some point yeah Yeah, i think you know we like i said we talked about lloyd alexander's gorgeous writing much more in our black cauldron episode but it is just such a pleasure to read anything that he's written and the way that he weaves in real welsh places and mythologies Mm -hmm. is so beautiful um and yeah I, i really just kind of fall into a happy trance when I'm reading his books. Yeah. yeah. He does high fantasy so well. It's just not really boring. Fun. It's, yeah. it's never tedious or excessive. Um, everything feels earned and important. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the only part of this book I didn't absolutely love is just how long they're talking to glue. <laughs> oh my God. Because glue's awful. He's so boring like, guys. But, but then that was the joke that the characters are also like, will he please shut up? Yeah. Like I cannot take more of this and they're trapped in a cavern with them. It's not right. like they can go anywhere. Um, so I get why it happened, but yeah, That's no, it's pretty funny. It, it's, it's an exceptional, beautiful book. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. The, probably the only thing I didn't like about it is how much Ilan Wee isn't there. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I do. I do wish we had a more Ilan Wee centric book, but the whole series is from Taryn's point of view. Right. So, um, so I get it. Like that, um, is why she uh, we can't have you know her at the castle without him, but maybe we could. Yeah, yeah, just a thought. <laughs> maybe he didn't. Um, so let's do badass lady meter. My badass lady is Leanne. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> Take her. Leanne is. Uh, She's an orange giant version of Grace's cat animal who is gazing at me right now, looking very regal. Um, And she is also just in need of a friend. Just in need of a friend, a buddy, a road dog, some music. And uh, I look forward to her and Fluter's long relationship with each other. (laughs) You do. Yeah. So is that your rating for her? That's my rating. Okay. (laughs) I'll take it. Um, I will choose Ilan. We, I'm pretty sure we both chose her in our Black Cauldron episode, but she's getting the uh, first, this is the first time, I think, so that a character has gotten two baddest oh. lady meter rankings in different episodes. What about like Dane or Alana or someone, though? Yeah, but I feel like we've picked different okay. characters there. I can't um, remember. Yeah, we've talked about all the reasons that we wanted more of her in this book. She's just 
just one of the best. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's because of her, like in large part that I do want to continue to cover more books in the series. Yes, I would like to as well. And also I feel like these are some classics that I kind of missed out on a bit. So I know that we're handling this in a bit of an unorthodox way. We didn't cover the first book, the book of three. We did the Black Cauldron like two years ago, but well, hey. Grace, it's our podcast. It's our podcast. We don't make any money from it. <laughs> we, <laughs> we do what we do want. Do whatever we want. <laughs> um yeah, so I I love I love and we I was so happy the moment that she got herself back yeah. I really didn't like that haughty the I'm a princess spooky robot self. Yeah. yeah that wasn't her at all um and I just want to hang out with her I'd love to just see what hijinks she gets up to back at yes. the Isle of Mona yes <laughs> back in court definitely just shocking a whole book of shocking that. the pants off of everybody with yeah. her tails my rating for Ilanwi is one of those leashes that adults attach to children <laughs> so that they can't escape for her to put on her bobble so that it's not always running off. <laughs> I see. Okay. <laughs> I thought that the leash was your rating for her. And I was like, no, the leash is my rating for her. For, a bobble for leash. Her bobble. A bobble leash. Yeah. And I don't condone the use of those leashes. I used to work at the zoo, the Woodland Park Zoo, and I saw so many of them every day. They're always horrible. I don't feel they're effective uh, because you're just treating your child like a dog. Just strap them into your chest in one of those like baby carriers. <laughs> like your five-year-old. <laughs> Yes, duct tape your five-year-old to your body. <laughs> anyway, I shouldn't have put the leash in that context, but that's what I immediately pictured. The bobble just in like a cute little pattern. A cute leash one, right. that Alonwe can, can hold drag on it to. around behind her. <laughs> yeah, because that bobble be getting lost. Yeah, no, for for real. So I think that's everything for The Castle of Lear by Lloyd Alexander. Thank you again to all the listeners who requested that we continue covering Lloyd Alexander's books, continue the Chronicles of Prydain. I definitely want to reread Terran Wanderer, the next book, um, because I remember Excited. loving that one when I was young. So maybe we'll do that in the near future. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, thank you so much for listening. You can find yeah. us on our website, dragonbabiespodcast.com, on Twitter at dragonbabiespod, or on Instagram at dragonbabiespodcast. And we'll put up the covers we've been talking about all those places, plus more fun stuff. Give us a follow. <laughs> follow. We will now announce the next book we're going to be covering. Our next book is going to be The Farthest Shore by Ursula K. Le Guin. Sea sounds. We covered the tombs of Atuan quite a while ago. Um, so, yep, why not? Go listen <laughs> doing to what our we're doing with the backlog. What we're doing with the Chronicles of Prydain, just jumping all over the place. But that's how yeah, we do. We're looking forward to it. So, that feels fine. Until then, I'm Grace. And I remain Madeline. See you next time. Goodbye. <laughs>